0: Hello I'm Amy and welcome to the Not Another Education Podcast podcast. The podcast where we can't promise you'll learn anything but if you like good chat, great stories and awesome guests then you are in the right place. We've got the one and only Mr Firth on the show today so welcome Jordan as you're otherwise known.
1: Yeah yeah Mr Firth is my stage name.
0: Yeah, I believe so. So we were like, um, I asked you to, to kind of like, um, stop a conversation before we, we press record, because it was it was like pretty funny. And I think that, um, you know, you were kind of saying that, um, that it's like two different characters, right? So like, you have Mr. Firth, and you have Jordan as well, which um, is yeah. pretty interesting.
1: Yeah, I mean, well, you were asking me what I'd prefer to be called, and I I feel like it'd be really weird if I was like, no, call me Mr. Firth. (laughs) Like, I think that's a bit, that's a bit, that's a bit devery, is that. But, um, yeah, I, I, well, I think you've got a teacher persona, I think most, or most teachers do. Don't get me wrong, some teachers are just themselves, and and they're like that 100% of the time, but certainly sort of not me. I, I feel like, no matter what mood you're in, in, any particular day or morning, you know, whether you're in a great mood or a bad mood, you've still got to kind of stand up and switch it on. You've got to be Mr. Firth or you've got to be your teacher persona f- for the kids. So I find that, this just sounds really weird. I find Mr. Firth over Jordan is much more kind of confident and charismatic <laughs> and a bit more sort of extroverted. Whereas Jordan is quite, is, is quite shy and, and, and and quiet and yeah I said sort of the people that know me as just Jordan they see sort of some of the things that I do and they're like who is that whereas Mm -hmm. if people know me as Mr Firth and I say well Jordan actually doesn't really speak that much outside of school then they're a bit like really so
0: yeah I feel like it's like best behavior Christmas date your nan sort of thing right it's like you know
1: (laughs) exactly (laughs) sit down
0: and eat your sprouts that sort of thing
1: Yeah. So, but I think everyone, I mean, most people are like that in any job, Um, but certainly teaching is one where I don't, I mean, I've never worked an office job, so I, I don't know, but I, I feel like in some professions you could probably just sort of have a day where if, if you're not feeling great um or you're in a bit of a bad mood or something like that, you can sort of walk into work and go, I'm just going to have a quiet day today. I'm going to keep my head down. I'm not really going to speak to anyone. I'm just going to sit here, get my work done. That's that. You can't do that in teaching. You can't just kind of, get your head down and not really speak to anyone or see anyone no matter what happens you're walking in and standing in front of 30 kids and you've got to bring it you've got to teach a lesson so it's kind of one of those one of those ones really where you don't particularly have a choice
0: yeah like I remember um you ever like listen to um George the poet's podcast he like um he does this one thing and he always like um he's really good at like sound seasoning and kind of like um it's really cinematic it's very like narrative based but like he does this one that's like live and um I remember him going children know stuff and they really do like they're so emotionally perceptive so like if you go in and like you know you've had like little to no sleep which sometimes like definitely was the case of me anyway and you kind of yeah um you're a little bit off your game you'll always get that like lovely kid who's like what's the matter which <laughs> i at the time miss what concern or like what's the matter mr fur are you okay and it's like oh it's so sweet like you know they're just so caring and lovely and incredibly perceptive but like did you ever like find that um sometimes you get like a little like nice piece of good news like you know, i'm talking about the times where um you come in for off your break duty and like the um you know secretary or the admin staff from the office would be like, "Oh, just let you know staff meetings cancel tonight, and then you'd like almost teach that lesson slightly better because you were like <laughs> a little bit happier because of the news <laughs> I think,
1: yeah I think I think there's definitely yeah definitely sort of things that change the way you teach when i um when I come in tired, that none of the kids are like, uh, "Are you are You're right, The kids in my class just be like, "Your eyes look purple. You look, you look tired. <laughs> you need." To, I remember, I remember once I teach year two, so they're only six and seven. I remember once one of my year twos to being sat on the carpet in front of me. They were just like coming down just sort of transitional thing to do for honest, something. And when of the kids went, you look really tired, Mr. Firth. And I went, I know, it's from, te- it's from teaching you lot. And he just looked at me and went, you need early nights. I <laughs> so thanks for the advice from the six-year-old.
0: I mean, it's, it's not bad advice, but it's like stating the obvious, right? But I used to get stuff from like my year sixes along the lines of um, – you need your highlights doing like your hair doesn't your hair just looks really bad miss
1: <laughs> yeah. like,
0: oh my gosh like that's fine okay I know that
1: <laughs> yeah you you know if you you know if you look good or if something doesn't look great if a child tells you because they will be nothing but honest they they don't sugarcoat it do today
0: <laughs> which I love because like when they kind of come to you on the playground like I really liked that lesson you're like do you know what? That must have been good because you'd probably just tell me if it was rubbish.
1: Yeah. And I sort of feel like as a kid as well, I would have never gone up to a teacher and gone. Do you know what? That was a really good lesson. So I feel like something either, either they're just a much better person than I am, which is, <laughs> is probably very likely. But I think that, well, that must have been something really must have stood out there to get them to sort of, you know, make the steps to, to come up to you and tell you Um Whereas, yeah, you you used to, I think when you're an NQT and when you're a trainee, you're so used to getting feedback all the time. So from your tutor or from your NQT mentor or from SLT, if they're coming in and doing observations, sort of the first couple of years of your teaching career, you're always being told what was really good about your lesson and what, you know, what needs developing. And then all of a sudden you're kind of given, you know, free reign, the your class and that disappears then, like you have no idea apart from if they, you know, looking at progress and, and all that sort of stuff, you've got no idea how good that lesson was really, because you've got no one around to tell you, you've just got to kind of judge it yourself. So it it is, I mean, no one does any job really to get, you know, a pat on the back and, or anything like that, but it is quite nice every now and again, just to know that you kind of, you're on the right lines and that the kids are kind of enjoying what you're doing.
0: That's, that's a really lovely sentiment. I'm going to like flip on its head slightly and say that my kids are always really crafty. (laughs) So like they'd say stuff like, oh, miss, really loved your like maths lesson. And I'm not the strongest at maths like at all. But I really like tried my best to kind of make sure like, I guess I knew everything that like year sixes needed to and yeah. You know, like, it was just on point because you kind of, like, can't really drop the ball because you always have that kid, weren't you? They'd be like, that's wrong. You're like, just checking.
1: Yeah, definitely. <laughs> just making sure you're
0: listening. Thanks for that one, Ben.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: but, but, yeah, um, take confidence takes a knock when that happens to you as an NQT. But, yeah, like, my kids would be like, oh, love loved that story, miss. I'm like, you're not getting a house point. Like... <laughs> yeah try to butter you up (laughs) i i see right through that you're not sitting at the back of the bus on a school trip forget it um or if i was in like a particularly good mood i guess i'd be like um you know what i'm just gonna bask in this for a bit and see how see how far i can really take it what
1: else did you like about it what specifically be really specific what did you really like about it yeah (laughs)
0: yeah Yeah. was my voice good when i was like doing like mrs trunchbull or something when i was reading that story yeah you'd just be like yeah and then you'd like cite it in like some some job application i've been told that i am able to engage children in an effective way and i'm not gonna lie i've done that no shame in no shame in that um quitted a child in a a job application really Um, i mean
1: they they, look they are your audience aren't they so it's more appropriate if anything to to get their feedback
0: yeah there was one that I am um, I consistently used and to be fair it was it was really lovely so like this like kid was um she was like for lack of a better word like quite like difficult to navigate like emotionally but like she also was like um like the really like popular girl and all the girls like loved her but she also caused like some trouble and she was just like but like lovely to you know and in the core and stuff and you know, her parents were kind of always in and like, you know, what are you doing to support our daughter? I was only an NQT in year six. I don't, I don't really like, I'm still finding my own feet. And when SATs came around, it was like when the levels were still kind of about, um, they, like, I found this like letter on my desk and honestly, it was like a three page letter. I mean, it's not like A4, it's like that little notepad. Size? What's that like? A five? yeah I don't know. (laughs) It's been a while since I've I've been in photocopying room but like (laughs) A five size, and she just like detailed like all the things I'd helped her, and I was like, "This is CV gold." And like, I feel like it was in about four years ago I stopped using that because I was like, "It stayed." (laughs) But I think I I think I still got it somewhere. But yeah, it is. It is really nice to kind of like know because at the end of the day. And there's always a scramble, like, especially, you know, around Christmas and end of end of year for parents to, like, buy stuff and, you know, just to, I guess, like, as a token of appreciation. But really, like, what you're looking for is that you've just made a difference, isn't it, really? And, you know, who better to tell you than them? Uh, um, oh, yeah,
1: definitely. I mean, I see stuff like that on kind of social media, like, from teachers on Twitter and, and Instagram and stuff. And I always look at it and think. I bet you've just written that with your left hand. <laughs> like
0: I was literally just about to say the same thing. I'm glad you said it before I did.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's just because I've never really received anything like that. So I'm just like, no, they've never done that. And I'm always like really tempted to just write, to do my own, like quite something in cheek and post it out and say, oh, look what just landed on my desk. How
0: amazing is this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like two Mr. Fair, who yeah, are yeah, my hero. Yeah but like spell spell hero of like two e's so it's like believable that this child's like having to retake the yeah phonics i get test really kind of
1: like um i think you can t- when sort of big companies or corporations do adverts that have, have and they, they'll do something like they'll have a picture on it that's been drawn by a drawn by a child in inverted commas which I know it doesn't translate to, to podcasting um but they'll have oh, something that's written by a child and because we're <laughs> teachers and we we know what children's writing looks like you can tell when it's a grown-up pretending to be a child and they're making like like you say those mistakes like that hey, yeah. let's just put a double e in here or something like that I think it's like it's really obvious to me now when that happens
0: yeah like um I mean my son is like th- nearly three now and um I mean I cannot for for the love of me get him to just like do a scribble and a card like for my dad or yeah. whatever so um i basically just do it with my left hand <laughs> I've, I've done just, that before i just, just did my left hand just like get like a color and you're like oh he picked up this crayon because he likes the color of red it's yeah. the same color as his fire engine so he
1: likes yeah, it my, I, i've got a three-year-old and i've like and he, he will willingly scribble usually but i've got to i've been like in a rush or he refuses to do it and i just think i'll just do some random scribbles and it, if the more random it is the more like yeah it was, it's like, it like him, oh so. how precious
0: but I picked a card like recently it's my dad's birthday like last week and I picked this card and it was like you could um like choose stickers so like you could basically like pick which like grandfather name and then it was like all different types of tone and phrase that you could like make this message up with I was like perfect those stickers this will be great it also looked like a bit like a stalker's note as well which I kind of liked the edge of <laughs> <laughs> so like that. um we started doing this and like I think it was like the teacher in me was like I don't like the way none this made sense so as soon as he finishes the stickers I just rearranged them all so they made <laughs> sense <laughs> um but yeah because like my dad's like slightly dyslexic so I was like knowing him he'll probably like read it and not kind of infer in between and he'll be like oh okay is that is is that what it's meant to say or you know he won't really pick it up that like a yeah. three-year-old's done it so um but yeah it's um I can't remember where, where where I started telling you that but the point is is that um you just you just want like <laughs> I guess to see the difference and I think of like the year group you teach it's uh it's interesting because I mean I always found with that year like that type of year because I used to do year two as well it was like You'd see them kind of come to you as like like little babies, really. Like they're only like five years old, aren't they? And you know, or five and six. And then they, they kind of come into their own. They're like the big kids in Key Stage One, aren't they? So uh,
1: yeah, I think we're we're just an in infant school as well. So by the time they're in Year Two, they they kind of get that sort of Year Six syndrome a little bit early because they are the oldest in the school. So they and and they kind of know it. But, <laughs> but I quite like that. I I feel like I've taught Year One. Um. Yeah. I, yeah. I I feel like year two is about because when I taught year one and I and I, I remember getting my new class and I'm used to sort of getting year two children like right at the end of obviously their year one experience and I was like oh my god I feel like I'm teaching reception and it's it's it was never that di- I never well I do have any experience really in reception it was never direction I wanted to go in I just found myself getting lower and lower down school and sort of out of my comfort zone a little bit so I. I, I i like year two. i think they like you say they're just starting to i think they're they're really funny in reception and I, I i love reception children i think they're ace like to talk to them and to chat to them and the same with year one but i think in year two they're funny but for different reasons like they're starting to get an actual like a proper sense of humor um and yeah. that sort of started to come through don't get me oh, wrong yeah. i'm like one of the most most sarcastic sort of dry people you can you could ever meet and sort of it goes against every behavior management book in the business and when you do your teacher training and if there's any sort of trainee teachers that are listening (laughs) to this you will get told do not use sarcasm with your class like as a behavior management do not do it but I, I also feel like I need to I need to get through the day somehow as well. And if I just if I'm making myself or my TA laugh, and it's over the kids' heads once in a while, there's no <laughs> there's no harm in that. It's fine. So I kind of oh, end that little yeah. unspoken rule a little bit. But you need to do things for your own sanity sometimes, don't you? Even if it's just uh, like um, a little look over TTA, like you're on the office and you're staring into a camera when. Uh, a t- a kid says something that's a bit kind of maybe like oh, so a little good. bit of an innuendo or something like yeah. that and you just kind of stare off into space I feel like your day needs that otherwise you'll lose it
0: I had um I used to have a TA that was um like I'll send her this episode because she'll love that she's got a mention but I used to <laughs> have a TA who was like an ex-staff sergeant in the army so I was like this is the year this is going to be great we've got a really difficult class and she's not going to take any mess and it's going to yeah, be brilliant yeah. We're going to make such a good team. And um, yeah, she, <laughs> some of the corkers we used to hear from the year six kids, it was honestly like, <laughs> because they don't get it, like that they're not, um, they don't kind of get the innuendo side of it. And you need someone in your classroom to kind of, like you say, look over and, and kind of um be like as if they've just said that. Like, <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. You I... just
0: need to go in the stock cupboard and have like a minute where you just calm down. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah teaching's full of those moments they, they don't get spoke about enough like you you do you live for kind of those moments that you can't wait to go in the staff room later and just say you won't believe what so and so said or even if you know you're not going to get a chance to repeat it just the fact that did someone else hear what I've just heard someone else acknowledged it it's not just you like with a I don't know a filthy mind or you're going insane it's like did, did someone else just hear that please tell me that someone else <laughs> picked up on that <laughs>
0: yeah it's like that validation isn't it that like it was funny and you've not like taken that in a very odd odd place yeah yeah,
1: exactly (laughs) yeah I'm (laughs) thank god I'm not the problem or at least if I am then there's two of us at least
0: (laughs) yeah exactly you both like like exactly like describe it like that you kind of look at the camera and you're like kind of I don't know um like you said it doesn't translate into a podcast but kind of like look down and kind of widen your eyes because you're like oh, if I feel like
1: they're like they're the moments that you really bond with your TA like sort of forget anything you do yeah, out yeah. of school or the conversations you have with them etc so it's those kind of things where you can't say anything but you just get to shoot them a look that I, I feel like that's where the tightest the the best bit of team building comes from
0: yeah 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 absolutely like I mean I've always been mega fortunate with um with TAs I've always had like a really good kind of I guess proactive support system around who like know the kids really well and yeah I think the thing I always really struggled with was just delegating because I feel like I can be a bit of a control freak and You know, I've learned to own that over the years. That's fine. (laughs) Um, But, you know, it's like, do you need me to do anything? And I'm like, kind of, but I feel like it's below your pay grade. (laughs) You know, you feel like kind of cheeky. And, you know, it taught me kind of, um, because I didn't have a TA as an NQT. um, And then I was given kind of one. Our our head at the time was very much of the the, the mindset that it's a luxury to have a TA. And I'm like, but these kids are like, mega challenging and come from like you know really challenging backgrounds and they need support and care around them in a lot of different ways and I was like and you're telling me it's a luxury please can I just have a TA and um, we really need one and um, when I finally kind of got one in like my second year teaching and um, yeah I kind of just like didn't really know what to do with them it just felt like I had like a nice friend in the classroom but <laughs> didn't really know what to do Um and yeah, I'd, it was kind of nice that I was like given this experienced TA at the time who kind of just cracked on and almost showed me what they were meant to be doing because I really needed that. Actually, I needed someone to just take direction and kind of be like, "I'll order this, or I'll do these book baskets, or I'll make sure everyone's got this letter in their bag." And I'm like, "Wow, they're you're really on it!" Like they are the they are the unsung heroes of the classroom, aren't they? Really, TAs? Uh,
1: yeah, absolutely. And and like you say about sort of doing things that you feel are sort of below the pay grade, I think that they are, like you say, undervalued. And their sort of job description, I feel like, in the last sort of few years and the expectation on them in terms of the amount of, you know, sort of small bits of teaching they need to do all the training that they now need to have and all that sort of stuff, I, I feel like it's not really been reflected in sort of... There's been no change in their pay or anything like that. And I think the expectation on them has ramped up because I think there was a time where people probably thought the the cliche of a TA was that they would just do a bit of like sticking things into books and like you're laminating or they'd go and get your reading books out for you which don't get me wrong some TAs do my TA sort of all my reading books and stuff like that but it's it's so much more than that now isn't it you know they do quite a lot of teaching a lot of support work with the children and stuff like that and and they you know they they really sort of Earn their money, and I think the expectation on them has ramped up so much in recent years. And it, I, I think it has gone largely unnoticed. I think a lot of people still associate TAs with just that sort of admin sort of yeah. side of it. When really, you know, it, it's about the teaching and learning, and about supporting the children. And don't get me wrong, it is lovely, and I think that like your previous head teacher might have sort of seen it that way it is a massive luxury to get someone to do your reading yeah. books for you or if you need I don't know if you do need something sticking into 30 maths books then sometimes they might have time to do that but that that is a luxury don't get me wrong but you know it's not a luxury to have someone in there that's supporting your more sort of vulnerable children or children that need sort of yeah. that bit of an extra input it's just it's quality first teaching isn't it and it's it's yeah. difficult to operate a classroom now to its sort of fullest potential with, without one, I think.
0: Yeah, like I am, um, I have like quite a few teachers in my family, like randomly. And we're not like, we have like quite a, a strange family in the sense that like some of us are like not blood related, we're like half sisters and that sort of thing. And we all seem to have like taken a really similar path like into education. And like my mom was, um, Told by my granddad, she wanted to be at the time. There was like a very limited amount of jobs that women could go into, so you could be like, you know, healthcare, like nurse, secretary, teacher. And she really wanted to be a teacher. And um, then my grandma was like, Don't do it, there's no money in it. So she went to be a secretary and like went and did this like two year course on like, you know, to be a typist, which I just find kind of mad in itself that that was a thing. Um, but yeah, she she um, retrained as um, a TA and she became my TA, which um, <laughs> was the most random thing ever. Cause like she was in my year six class and then there was like Mrs. Watkinson and Miss Watkinson. And I mean, even like your lower ability year six are going to put two and two together there, aren't they? And kind of go like, are you related? It's yeah. like, yes, good inference. Well done. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, um, It was really, really funny and it was like kind of awkward, like bossing my mum about, like not bossing her about in like a disrespectful way, but being like, could you get this ready? Would you mind doing this or, you know, and she's kind of, um, you know, developed in a way that now she's like basically like a HLTA and she runs like, she's not in that school anymore. She's in a different school now, but um, yeah, she really, really likes it. But she she doesn't understand that like... um, so the 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 better you are at your job the more responsibility you're given for no more pay so like yeah. she's buzzing that like she's like asked to do all this stuff but then like obviously the downside is that it's for like no extra money because they rely on the tas who can like you know kind of hold their own and in, in a way or more experienced as such but yeah she's uh, she's kind of navigating her way in what is essentially a, a really really new career but like Yeah, I I, kind of think that, like, the TAs I've had, you know, we were, like, chatting, weren't we, like, the other week about um, displays and stuff, and I was, like, telling you about this, like, one display I had about um, this, like, TARDIS, because, like, uh, I think our topic was, like, something like, can we travel back in time? I was, like, who sets these questions? like. (laughs) There's a definitive answer to this. We don't have to spend <laughs> eight, eight weeks of like finding get out.
1: No. Okay, <laughs> it was, let's move on. <laughs> next, it it, next it is
0: answered currently, but phys- <laughs> physicists are trying to work it out. <laughs> but let's build a tardis anyway. And like, bless her, <laughs> she was like so committed to this thing. Like, she'd like remember the first day the kids came in. Like, she like hid inside it because it was like hinged. Because obviously, it's like this great TARDIS thing. And she was like, um, pumping this smoke machine.
1: Oh, and like,
0: she had a like um, iPod um, kind of, that you know, on the speakers, like playing all these like beep, beep, boop, 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 like little <laughs> TARDIS noise. Like, it was just mad. And it was like the stuff you go to, to get kids to do a bit of writing.
1: Oh, yeah, I know I, that is a very, that is a very, very NQT thing to do. Yeah, <laughs> I've done it, look, I've done it before. Like I, I, and as a sort of more seasoned teacher now, you look at stuff like that, and I think I said to you when you showed me a picture of it, and I was like, I would have just been met with the biggest eye roll. Now, if I walked past your classroom on the way to mine, we're doing the same topic, we're in the same year group, and you've got a, t- like a fully functional Tardis with with hinges. Your mum's now taking a joinery course or carpentry or something as well as being the TA. Uh, and I've just sort of, I'd just be like, "Oh, you are joking, not again." Yeah,
0: and uh, you know, hate is gonna hate, and yeah, you just exactly. got to pick.
1: <laughs> I think I feel like most of us have been like, like yeah, that teacher at some point. I think you go through sort of phases, and you are sort of one of those teachers. I, my first year, I did one where um, we had to write. We were doing persuasive writing, and over the course of the week, I've photoshopped um, UFOs uh, above. In, on pictures above schools and made newspaper articles about these new UFOs. So they'd come in in the morning, they'd see this headline about UFO sighting, and then we'd, we'd carry on with this day. And then on the last day, I um, sort of messed it up, did the, did the kind of the classic sort of crime scene kind of hook, which, you know, it's, it's been done a million times. So I messed up my messed up, uh, TA's table and corner, where <laughs> we put the tape up, put like green jelly everywhere and some handprints and stuff. Then, I love it. I love it. And then, the, and then read them out of this letter saying, "Look, we we've um, we've taken your TA because we want to know what life is like in in schools and stuff, and, and what TAs do. So we've we've taken her on a spaceship, and I've, I took a picture, tied her up, took a bit with consent, uh, took, a, <laughs> took a picture of her. And this,
0: this just got dark.
1: <laughs> I tied her up um, <laughs> and photoshopped it onto like an alien ship and showed my class." picture of this TA tied up on an alien spaceship. And they they then had to write persuasive writing about why we need our TA back and or, and the role that she all the jobs that she does um so it's kind of a look we need it back for these reasons but actually us giving you these reasons helps you with your research so you don't need to take TA. i mean she loved it she had a morning off because um it was one of them where it's like a main piece of writing and because of what, what i've organized i don't have a ta to support anybody so, <laughs> so they just had to sort of struggle through it but um
0: that was yeah. going to be like my next question, like logistics of where did you like Papa? Like, do was she just like next door, or was she actually offered more? She, we
1: had. Um, <laughs> I feel like every school's had one at, at one point. You know the kind of temporary classrooms that are outside,
0: like oh, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the sort
1: of cabins. So we had <laughs> one of those back then. So she just took some like jobs in there and just did some work in the cabin uh, <laughs> while, uh, while, the greenhouse we called it, while all the kids were sort of panicking about. And honestly, they were absolutely buzzing when she came back. And I was like, Do I, I mean, they're kind of at the sort of age where they could potentially believe this. So am I just lying to them? Is it a bit of a kind of nice lie that we tell children that age sort of around the particular festive period? Or is it a bit mean to make them actually believe that their TA was kidnapped by an alien?
0: How so, how old were they?
1: They're six, right beginning of year two. So.
0: oh i bet like did anyone <laughs> was anyone like literally devastated and couldn't cope with it or I feel, yeah
1: i feel like some were a bit worried and i thought i don't want to totally shatter the illusion here so i feel like you know that kind of panic it might get better writing out of them so i just left it, just,
0: <laughs> it, it it's a look it's a creative process a little bit of yeah. you know terror never hurt anyone as long as it's not not substantiated yeah, I feel like <laughs> at the
1: age they, they are quite Not gullible because you are an adult and they're supposed to trust you at that age. You know, you're the responsible adult. I remember once after the 2012 Olympics, a couple of years after, I had like a Team GB polo shirt that I wore for PE. And I remember a child said, um, it had the Olympic rings on it. And the the child said to me, were you in the Olympics? And I was like, "Yeah, javelin for Team GB. I got a silver medal." And then I forgot to tell them that it was a joke. I, I, and I thought, "I wonder if that child still thinks that I'm an Olympic silver medalist? Like they'll be in like year eight now." And I always yeah. say, I wonder if that. Wonder if I'm hoping they just forgot about that conversation now, but I forgot to sort of say I'm just joking, and that's what. <laughs> that's.
0: that's
1: what, I'm not being sarcastic. That's exactly why. So yeah, there are children out there that think I'm some sort of Olympian. Uh, no, like
0: that that child would be going around saying, "I've had physical education taught to me by an Olympic yeah. athlete. Don't yeah. mess with me. I know what I'm doing." Like that kid would be like, you know, oh my gosh, is that true? Is that true? Like yeah, 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 silver medal. And do you know what? If you would have said gold, they would have been like, no, come off it, Mister Firth. Like Sorry, I never. His-
1: actually like a little bit more believable. I feel like one day, like they'll probably be like, they, they might really like me. And then one day someone's going to question it. We've got, right, I'm just going to Google it once and for all. And they'll find <laughs> out that I was, and it'll shatter their image of me. Like all these years, I thought my teacher was an Olympic silver medalist and he was lying to me.
0: So. It'll be like, it will be like, um, have you seen that film on Netflix where it's like, a, I can't even remember what it's called now, but basically the Beatles just don't exist anymore. And the guys
1: yesterday, isn't it? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. And the guys like googling it, and he's like, "Oh, this is terrible." And then it'll be like that for that kid, but like (laughs) he'll be thinking that he's like living this in this world where like Jordan Firth is not a silver Olympic medalist.
1: (laughs) There we go. Don't say I don't impact children's lives. Uh, Yeah. yeah. What was
0: it? Javelin.
1: Javelin. Yeah, silver medal (laughs) In in the javelin. First sport that pops into my head. First kind of medal. I think I feel like both. Very, bili- I'm not like I didn't say I was a hundred meter gold medalist. I think like the sort of thing that no one's ever going to go and check, sort of <laughs> javelin. So,
0: yeah. Russia R- R- beat me to it. Don't worry, kids, it's fine.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Beat, beat you, beat you, same Bolt over over hundred meters. You don't remember?
0: <laughs> uh, but, it's, no. it's a tragedy, real loss actually. But yeah, uh,
1: my, it- my Nike sponsorship deal fell through, so now I'm teaching.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this is why I'm here, kids, making a real difference. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. is um if you were gonna do like the olympics do you think you would have like a sport like is is there something that like you're really into in terms of like sport that you would like i don't know let's say in like a, another world that you would actually do that
1: no i feel like i'm, I'm much more of a spectator of sport mm-hmm. i feel like you could do a good sort of teacher olympics like how the world record for being able to hold a, a wee in when you're really desperate on an afternoon and you've not got a TA, I feel like, or the kind of, I don't know, Teacher Olympics could be like the dash to the staff room before like the cake disappears when you find out there's cake in the staff room and stuff like that, the hundred meter dash to <laughs> the staff room to, to get the best size cake. So I feel like, you yeah, know, you could, we could do a Teacher Olympics. Um, Teacher Olympics that, is yeah, like
0: completely um, valid. I think like, like we going back to that wee thing, like, you know, what? the more I hear about it, because I've heard loads on like social media about that this year. Like, in all honesty, how many teachers, I want to know, how many teachers are getting bladder infections from this? Because that's really <laughs> bad.
1: Yeah. So bad. I mean, to be honest, I've kind of just thrown that up as a cliche because I hear people talking about it. It's never really affected me that much because I'll get to a certain point in an afternoon. And if I'm that desperate, i will just got to get it. Because <laughs> I have done it, like I feel like every teacher or every every person, I, I, like I say, it's after say it's maybe January and everyone's got a new a resolution to drink more water, so everyone will come into school with the big water bottles and like with a little. Bits of writing on my <laughs> The say, time or
0: the time increments.
1: You know, there, ooh, halfway, one o'clock, all that sort of stuff. And the they start drinking more. And then they do, yeah, it naturally obviously needs to go to the toilet more. So I've done that before where I've been like, right, you know, we're supposed to drink 1.5 litres of water a day. I'm going to make sure I get through it. And I'm like, I, I literally cannot concentrate. So I'll just go. and um, we, we have like a carding system in school where if, obviously, if you're in, in your class without support, you can send a child with this like red card laminated card that says we need some help in class whatever right you right, send, right you send it up to the office or to next door and a member of a, 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 another adult a member of staff will come down to help you so i just send the kids up with that i'm just like you just watch them while i live to the <laughs> loop to <laughs> so spend them five, five minutes of play time i'd much rather do that than i don't yeah get a bladder infection or worse
0: so <laughs> well, <laughs> but you know what like honestly like there's some truth in that uh drink more like we more well obviously that, that is how the human body works but it's yeah. more
1: like um so you don't learn anything on the twinkle podcast
0: there you go there's, there's your first bit of educational fight
1: uh,
0: <laughs> <bite. laughs> but um yeah it's uh I, I towards the end of like before i kind of like left teaching i um had would be like if i don't if i turn down this cup of tea in the staff room then i won't need to go to the toilet and i'll make it through phonics and then i'll make it through english and i'm like I feel like that's a really bad mentality now that I like think about yeah. it. But...
1: but if I don't yeah. drink this cup of tea, if I don't drink this cup of tea or coffee and I don't get the caffeine boost, am I realistically going to make it through phonics? And then Maybe English
0: not I am i I'm talking like support for spelling year six, let's learn our eyes and e sort of situation. So that's a slog in itself, isn't it really? But um...
1: you, be, you do it. You, be, you know, I'm, I am going to have this extra cup of tea and I just won't think about it. And then you'll be doing like the water cycle for something in science, you can't get away from it. Constant videos of running water. Who is the widow in Niagara Falls in geography? Oh, god, no!
0: Like, oh, like you put one of those like meditation, um, <laughs> yeah. nine hours of meditation, it's all waterfalls
1: <laughs> or waterfall, rain just tapping on the window. Yeah, it's a gentle stream,
0: <laughs> or, the, or you know, that the intermittent swoosh of, a, of like a wave in Hawaii or something yeah. with like some like birds or whatever. But yeah, I am. Um, <laughs> That kind of like makes me think about, you know, when you like go to the staff room and do you ever make like brews for anyone else? Is there anyone who always asks everyone in your like school, do you want a brew? Or like, <laughs> is everyone kind of every man for themselves? <laughs> I
1: am incredibly selfish. I would never make a cup of tea for anyone. <laughs> I know, um, I, tea and coffee is a bit of a funny thing in some schools. I I think like I, people work it in different ways. Like we have to sort of, we every, all members of our staff have to chip in for like tea and coffee money and I kind of like protest against that by just drinking water but every now and again like someone will just make me a cup of tea and I'm always like because someone else has made it I always feel like I'm like sticking it to the man (laughs) one up in the system I don't even pay for this yeah I'm earning those
0: extra hours back one tea bag at a time
1: (laughs) yeah I've worked an extra sort of 15 hours above my directed time (laughs) this week so if I want a cup of tea or a bourbon then I'm gonna
0: we in in like the, in the first school i worked in and like when i was an nqt it was like me and this other year six teacher she was like really experienced and i remember she'd like start making a cup of tea and then like i kind of feel like it was definitely on purpose now i think back to it but she'd like like oh i'm just gonna nip the lure wall i'm just gonna you know go and speak to the head and it'd be like what about this and she'd be like oh can can you just finish the tea off poke the bag and she'd always say that poke the bag and I used to I'd be like okay I'm like just like obliged to to poke this (laughs) bag and um you know that's probably the best advice I got as an NQT poke the bag because you get a better cup of tea
1: (laughs) Yeah, see, I, before I became a teacher, used to work in um, Wittard, which sell tea leaves and coffee beans. So, I, I, in fact, the re- I, the reason I became a teacher was because I used to work in Wittard and we sold tea leaves, coffee beans, stuff like that. And um, we had to take, like, sort of tests and exams. We had to do, like, the Wittard knowledge, it was called, where you had to learn about for different types of teas and coffees you have to be able to identify them by smell and taste and be able to describe them to customers and all that where it came from the manufacturing process all that sort of stuff and um i remember serving this this customer i worked i went to uni and worked there in york and i had absolutely no idea i did design at uni no idea what i wanted to do um when i'd finished so i was just still working in ritards which i did i actually loved that job um but i Someone came in and they were asking about a particular type of tea, and, and I remember the tea it was Assam. So I described Assam to her. I was like, "It's from it's from India. It's it's quite malty, all this sort of stuff." And um, she didn't buy anything. She 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 just sort of looked at me and went, oh, "You'd make a good teacher." And then walked out. And that was like the only thing pretty much she said to me, apart from like, "I'm just looking for a particular type of tea or whatever." And she she just said that to me, and it it just I was like, "Ah." Oh, and it just stuck in my head. And she, actually what, I remember saying to a manager, oh, this customer just had to make a good teacher. And he was like, yeah, he probably would do. And that was that was the seed planted, honestly. So I I, I then went and, and volunteered in um sort of a mainstream school and a, and a special school. Then I became a TA and then I, I did my teacher training and I am where I am now. But it was literally because of that woman just going, huh, you'd make a good teacher that that was it so she's out there somewhere and has absolutely no idea on the kind of impact she's had on my life. like such a flippant comment and you know we is yorks so we had so many tourists and all that sort of stuff so the the odds of her being in that shop on that day while well, i was working astronomical but um that was the kind of the catalyst for me going all right yeah i'll, I'll look into this and uh there we go
0: well Wherever you are, yeah, if, if you're listening, uh, Aslam, is that the name of the tea? As- Asam tea.
1: Asam tea, yeah, it is my favourite tea. I feel like you well, know so. this woman, Jordan. Um, I, I promise. No, I don't.
0: She's had such an influence she on is, you. I,
1: like I said, <laughs> other than that one sentence, no, no, no idea um, who she is. But yeah, Assam was my favourite tea before she said that, But um, which is why I knew so much about it. But, uh, yeah, yeah, really weird. I always feel it. like She's, she doesn't know the sort of... Um, I say thank you. There are days where I think, God, I wish you'd have never said that to me. Where I've got, like, yes. nine books <laughs> to mark, i sat there cursing the name.
0: <laughs> no, no, two books, you want a cup of tea? She didn't even
1: buy anything. She just walked out <laughs> fuming.
0: Oh, God, I mean... I- I love like that story. It's very cinematic. Like I feel like it could be like the beginning of a it's musical. Like a a or sliding doors
1: moment, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it's like a you could almost like see a light bulb going on in your yeah. head in that shop. Yeah. Um, I mean, one thing I will say about Whitards is that um, they uh, turned me on to white hot chocolate, which is revolutionary in my yeah. mind because I was just like, "What is this? This is like the best thing ever." And they make one with like a little kind of um white chocolate bits in it so it like melts and becomes like i don't know just like the best thing ever but i love it i love a good uh visit yeah
1: maybe they'll sponsor the podcast i don't know and send you some uh i feel like we've given them enough we've given them enough promotion there Uh, absolutely they do do they do do the best (laughs) hot chocolate i i'll I'll, i'm still loyal to them after all these years we'll still go to with so do
0: you find like um Like, being from, like, a sales kind of background, like, does that help you in teaching? Because I feel like being in sales is, like, one of the hardest things ever. Like, it's so hard to be a good salesperson.
1: Yes, in a way. I feel like when I sort of talk about sort of Mr. Firth as being this persona and, and a bit different to sort of me, I think working in Wittards helped a lot kind of with my confidence and people skills and stuff like yeah. that because I just had to speak to people and, and I enjoyed telling them about tea and coffee and stuff like that so I feel like that it it did help me quite a lot just with my kind of interpersonal skills and stuff like that um so it, probably in an indirect way it did yeah but I used to be a bit um not not embarrassed because it's it's not a bad story but I I used to sort of come across sort of trainees sort of fellow trainees at the time or maybe sort of if you're going for a job um interviewees and stuff and they would say that they've always wanted to be a teacher and they've known from that since they were little and it's been their passion and their dream and they've just known they've wanted to be a teacher since they were really little and I always used to feel a bit kind of like oh well I only know because a woman in a shop said I might be good at it. And I was like 21 or 22 or something. I did I did design. At, you know, I had no idea what I wanted to do with up until that point. So I always used to feel a bit like, well, it's not like I always wanted to be a teacher. Someone just kind of told me off the cuff that I might be a good one. But I've kind of just learned to kind of rock with it now. It's,
0: it's almost like it chose you in some way.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, teaching chose me.
0: Yeah but yeah I mean I don't have a very interesting story I literally was like told by um you know um I try to make it sound interesting but it's not um it's like my college sheet was like you need some volunteering work to improve your application and I like used to live in like a really small village and um Oxfam wouldn't have me because they were full of volunteers which was right. sad yes yeah. <laughs> which made me a bit sad I'm not gonna lie to you <laughs> um but so I basically like volunteered in the school and I was like oh this is awesome like everything's yeah. so colorful and happy and like I want to be here like every day um and yeah I I, I just kind of went from there and um because I was going to apply to do um English literature and kind of glad I didn't because um I'm I'm kind of dyslexic well not kind of I'm dyslexic and I just don't have the attention span to read that much literature for four yeah. years I'd love to but I just uh you know I try I just um not not that great at it so um my my story is nowhere near as cinematic but you know kind of through uni I worked in sales too I worked in um a shop called Swarovski which like don't know if you ever heard of them like most... Jew- jewelry yeah it's like like um crystal statues and crystal jewelry um like a crystal
1: crystal swan that sort of thing
0: exactly and um, sort of
1: seeing like um you know like grandmas have kind of the nice sort of display cases that have like mirrors behind them and like the little glass shelves (laughs) yeah that sort of thing like a a plate with princess diana on it and all that sort of
0: stuff yes and we used to have this um this club um Really hoping I don't get in trouble from the Austrian company that is Sirovsky, But. Um,
1: <laughs> it's fine. Right, we're, we're, we're in Wittard's Good Books. So it, it's, that's all we need. Don't worry about it.
0: The Wittard's and Sorovsky feud. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. like they used to have this club called like the SCS Club. And I can't remember what it's called. I want to say like it's uh, Sorovsky Crystal Society or something. And yeah, they used to bring out these like animals um, every year. And it was like. For, like, the whole set, it'd be, like, 600 quid. And, you know, like, some of them, you're like, oh, that's pretty cool. Like, you know, someone's, like, made that in a mold in a factory somewhere. And then you'd be like, (laughs) that's nice. And then, like, people will go mad for these, like, I don't know, like, one year it was, like, pandas. One year it was, like, tigers. Um, And you'd have to get it out of the case, like, these little, like, gloves. And um, I remember one time I dropped one, the little baby panda it was. And it is came off.
1: baby. Not, not the, the baby. baby, not the cup.
0: And honestly, I've never seen someone so devastated. And I feel like whenever I was dealing with a tricky parent, you know, if they were like you know upset you about something, I just the panda. <laughs> exactly. I just think of that moment where uh, I had to this person down. That I'd like because you have to like order them in for these people. So this was like their panda. They ha- would have to wait in <laughs> sure, yeah. the panda. <laughs> So it, was, it was a it was a difficult situation
1: so, so you liken parents <laughs> and <laughs> their emotional attachment to their own children as to this woman's emotional attachment to a glass panda cup
0: absolutely <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah i can see i can see how that prepared you well <laughs> yeah <the> teaching. <laughs> yeah like i i Did feel you like your cv as well What's that? Is that? What, did you put that in your CV as well? I'm really good with uh, dealing with parents because this one time. <laughs> I have extensive experience. In. Yeah, this is what a kid definitely said about me that I definitely didn't write with my left hand. <laughs> <laughs> Send him photocopies of it. 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 <laughs> it writes itself, doesn't
0: it? Oh, absolutely. Like, I mean, I always wonder like on job applications, how far back do you go into the deep, deep, dark depths of your like job history, yeah. You know, do you go all the way to when you were thirteen and you did glass collecting? um oh, legal- yeah, le- I don't know where that's legal, but I I did that for <laughs> <the> parents bar. us <laughs> um,
1: let's not. It's not. It's uh, not out your parents for child uh, <laughs> exploitation <laughs> on on the official Twinkle podcast.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like I am. Um, I used to put all kinds so it made me look like I'd had like a really rich and colourful yeah. job history by the time I was like twenty. Um, which I don't I don't know if that's good or bad. But I mean I think
1: it, it, it depends when you get to a certain point, don't you? I feel like if if you're going into school and it's your first teaching job, then they might have a little look at that. But I, I think if you're like for me to go into another job to apply for another job now, I'd obviously include retards on there, but I would never write about it. I'd I'd talk about you you go off all year sort of they're bothered about how you are sort of through school. I feel like you could do that. Like yeah I, I used to hand out menus at a restaurant so I'm really good at handing worksheets. Worksheet worksheets printed from Twinkle. Uh I'm really good at hand- <laughs> I'm really good at handing those out. Yeah, <laughs> here we go. You're welcome. <laughs> We'll settle, we'll settle on a fee later.
0: Don't worry. Going back to what you said before about, um, you know, people kind of said, oh, they always wanted to do it. But I, I honestly think that it's, like, the type of person people, people, like, turn out to be. Like, if I think, like, teachers and, like, educators in general always, like, share this kind of, I guess, like, common quality of just, like, wanting to be, like, helpful and just nice and good people. You know, they, they're spending their life doing stuff for other people and, like yeah that's why I find it like quite difficult if you find people who aren't that way inclined in education and I feel like every school has them doesn't it like you know one or two staff members who are just really bogged down for whatever reason and you know they, they, they can be quite like if you're a manager like they're quite difficult to like I guess manage for whatever reason but like people are complex and I always like to give people like the benefit of the doubt you know if they've got like other stuff going on behind the scenes but like is there any kind of like stuff that you've ever like seen, like worst things that like other staff members do? Like, I'll give you an example, of like one of mine. Um, so the <laughs> school I worked in, we used to have like the tiniest stock cupboard because it was only like a school of like fifty kids. It was so so small, and um, they used to have the stock cupboard, and um, they had like four reams of paper for like the entire like year. Like, which is nothing, is it really? Like, if you've ever been in like a photocopy room, it's really, really small. And like, um, uh, this particular staff yeah. member used to like basically take half the reams of paper and like hide them. But because the school's so small, like they're not hard to find. There's not that many. There's not that many places they could be. <laughs> but that like, used to really like, bug me because it's like stop hoarding stuff. But like, I know because in my mum's school, for example i I mean I'll wrap my mum out. I've seen I do it with curvy boarding
1: oh no no <laughs> no holding the curvy borders. Oh, unbelievable no, I feel like we kind of i think every teacher will hoard something and we've kind of we've got quite a big sort of storeroom, and um we have like we're lucky enough to kind of have like a almost like a resources manager so who who is there to kind of. It's just loads and loads of stuff, don't get me wrong. But I think her initial job started off as, you know, she would she would help prepare things for teachers and do displays and all that sort of stuff. And, and her role has massively developed. She's like a an unsung hero at our school now, but she's very protective over kind of her storeroom and the, everything that's in there. So you've kind of got to go on, like, <laughs> secret missions to try. You know, if you want, you want a few more glue sticks because you run out, it's like it's a massive, it's an undercover operation. And, like, you're you sort of you're sneaking up into this the of, like, like Indiana perfect. Jones where it gets that like gold and, it's, yeah, and, and, it, and it just sort of places it with like a bag of sand it's like it's <laughs> like that sort of thing like can I just oh, can, I, can I do it without, without a noticing um, so I feel like yeah, you've got to be especially with glue sticks as well you've got to be like it's like this big undercover operation when sort of going back to people actually just speaking of Indiana Jones it's going to be a really, really weird link to what I'm going to say <laughs> But talking about when saying about how people sometimes always knew that they want to be a teacher, I think it's difficult because as a child, you, you have no idea what path your life is going to go down. And surely rarely people are now working their childhood job. I'm sure there are plenty that are, but it doesn't usually work out that way. And I remember being in year eight and no, it'd be year seven, actually. And talking to like the careers person right at the start of high school. And um, saying, "So what? What would you want to do as your job?" And all, ever since I was little, like right from being, I wanted to be an, an archaeologist. I wanted to be an archaeologist, She's like archaeologist. Yeah, like um, like Alan Grant off, off of Jurassic Park. Uh, or like, I was like, oh, like Indiana Jones. And she was like, and she sort of looked at my like little sheet thing. Clearly, with my my grades on whatever. She went. No, you need you need good grades to be an archaeologist, and I was like, oh. she was like "Should we should we pick something a bit more realistic?" I was like, oh. but then when I think about it, Indiana Jones was a teacher, and so so am I. So, short of a cowboy hat and a whip, I'm basically Indiana Jones. That's how I see. It. As a teacher, that's had quite a lot of sort of well. F- for the average teacher, or for me, a lot more attention recently with kind of doing a bit of presenting for BBC Bite Size and stuff. Not all attention is good attention. I'll I'll, I'll vouch I'll vouch for that.
0: But I mean, yeah, like, oh, that's I kind of wanted to ask about that as well. Like, kind of the work with like BBC and stuff. Like, um I mean, I always like find it really interesting in any way. Like how BBC they have like obviously the researchers and stuff, um, but like first of all like yeah. how did they like find you and like what was that kind of like um because the bite-sized daily offering was like huge deal uh, but still is it's still you know still you know producing those episodes but it's uh it's really cool to kind of I guess like have that string to you about isn't it
1: yeah BBC throughout the pandemic were amazing and I'm not just saying that I'm, I'm not I'm not contracted to the BBC. I've got absolutely no obligation <laughs> to say that, you know, I, fair enough. I, I do want to, so I don't want to burn any bridges, but, um, they, they were, they were so good. They, the, the speed and the sheer amount of content they produced in such a short space of time from yeah. the government announcing the school closures to then children being at home and the content they might get out so quickly was phenomenal. So I got involved by, um, so I'm quite active on Twitter. Um, for my sins sometimes um but I (laughs) it was just sort of during lockdown at the time I was doing quite a lot of sort of just daft videos really like tongue-in-cheek sort of parodying life in the classroom and I still do a couple um every now and again but I I was doing them quite quite frequently these these sorts of videos just I I think the one that got me noticed was a, a video about sort of cliches that sort of every teacher says and it was just basically two minutes of this super cut of everything every teacher's ever said um and um just a a, a researcher a producer found it and said look, we, we sort of we really like the stuff that you're doing on twitter i think it's like really relatable um this is what the bbc's planning on doing during homeschooling are you interested i was like yeah of course so when i, I had to sort of send in like a Almost like an audition tape of me doing some teaching to camera, and then and then that was it really. So I did. Um, it was called Teacher Talks on BBC Bite Size. It formed part of Bite Size Daily sometimes. Uh, it formed part of their online lessons, and then they were just available on their own on iPlayer. And it was basically, I think that the idea behind it was that it was it was real teachers. Um, yeah. There was like you know the the um, oh, I can't remember his name now. The do you remember the educating. To Educate in Yorkshire?
0: Oh, with, uh, yeah, what's his name? And I don't know exactly that, who you mean, yeah.
1: Got, really famous for helping the uh, child with the stammer that do the, that poetry, and he got really sort of well-known for it. So he did a couple and stuff like that, but I think they, they wanted to go down the line if they did a lot of sort of celebrity stuff, like, I don't know, Sergio Aguero teaching Spanish. Yeah. But they also wanted a lot of things, like, produced by teachers getting yeah. to the children. So yeah. uh, Teacher Talks with like, 10-minute videos of me explaining a particular topic. Um and yeah, putting it out there. So it it was with them where I, I only I I on Twitter first and foremost for my own amusement. I I used it initially as a bit of CPD, and there is some amazing stuff on Twitter. You can get so much out of it if you use it properly. Um, and I I did initially try and sort of go down that route of being like, look, here is something I did in computing, or here is a resource that I've made, and all that sort of stuff. And this is what I do with my class today, and and it maybe get like you know two or three, upwards of 10 likes. And then I remember a couple of times just posting some like jokes about, I don't know, some really daft, like losing glue stick lids or whatever. And I got like a thousand likes. And I was like, (laughs) here's here's my target market. Here's my demographic. Like no one wants my resources, but they're all for like the kind of lighthearted look into the classroom. So that's just what I kept doing. And like I say, first and foremost, I was doing it for... Just because I I quite like doing it and I, and people sort of seem to enjoy it, but there was no kind of I wasn't trying to put myself out there for anything like that. Um, and it just had, it's just luck, really. They just kind of got noticed. So it was good. I, I kind of I feel like I really needed that at that particular yeah. time in the pandemic. I was in school maybe once every two weeks. And, I, 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 you know, we were doing the remote learning, but it wasn't quite as refined as it was during the sort of second lot of school closures. So I kind of felt a bit more like I was doing something and playing a bit more of a part and, you know, like do, actually doing something to help out. You know, I, I didn't know how many children might watch this video, but I was like, look, I'm actually putting something out there. I'm doing a bit of good here. So it, it was quite good for me as well. And my sanity it was during the, the the biggest lockdown where you were allowed out of the house for an hour for exercise so to be able to get out of the house go to media city and see it's it's really strange i've only ever worked in teaching as as my like a proper career so to see an, an entirely different industry at work was just fascinating and don't get me wrong it was it was weird teaching to an auto cue or to a camera than it was a class of 30 children. I remember the yeah. director saying, just pretend, she said, just pretend you're talking to your favorite child. I was like, "Whoa, well, we don't. <laughs> We're we not our favourites. What are you talking about? Uh, um, <laughs> but yeah, it was it, it I, I absolutely loved it. It was it was great, it was an amazing experience. So I, I did that a couple of times. And then just kind of off the back of that, I kind of um I did a lot of local BBC radio um during lockdown when they wanted views of teachers on the pandemic. And I clearly just had they've just had my number on file. Like I'm a teacher yeah, that they yeah. know. So I just kind of got called up quite a lot. And still every now and again, like BBC Radio Leads might ring me. I'm like, um, a friend of the show, they call me Mr. Oh, Firth, friend that's this, so nice. Friend of the show. So yeah. So from there I've just done so I did my bite BBC bite size. Um my own teaching podcasts and then sort of every now and again, like, like this, when I get invited on other podcasts and stuff like that, or people might send me a DM and say, we work on this for me and all that sort of stuff. And I, I love it. It's kind of, I look teaching first and foremost is what i love to do and that's that's my job and that's where my passion is but it is nice to have that little bit of window outside the classroom where you're still talking about school yeah. you're still talking about education but it's it's a little bit different i i, I do I, I i love this side of it i and I, I never really knew that this side of it existed really when i was an nqt or ects as they are now I, I, you know i i didn't set up my my twitter account until maybe about my third year of teaching. And even then I didn't use it properly. It was, it was locked down, but it kind of grew and grew and grew. Um, so, yeah, it, it was really nice to kind of discover this kind of side to education and, and teaching. And there are so many people out there that, you know, even this weekend, like, Edge your twitter as they call it all been, you know they've all been using the saturdays and and, and meeting up and doing c you've all put on cpd for each other it's all free all that sort of stuff it's you know it, it's some really amazing stuff don't get me wrong you can get consumed by it and i i have two twitter accounts one is mr firth um which like i say my alter ego um <laughs> at Mr Firth if you want to follow me um I'll, and then I have a personal one which is private which I follow like my hobbies on their celebrities you know tv films all that sort of stuff because I feel like you, you need to keep it separate like yeah, I don't want all absolutely. this sometimes I, I don't need all the teaching stuff to sort of bleed into my my normal life if I just want to I don't know check the football score or I'll, I'll find out about a, a new film that's being released like you, you can you need to be able to switch off, so that's that's been my way of doing it is is having two separate accounts that are for two very um very separate things and and like I say you can get consumed by it and it, and teaching is a job that is so easy to do that you know I, I I would consider going to maybe a weekend CPD event, but you know once in a blue moon I, I think people you know some people live it some people absolutely live the job and that's fine that's absolutely great but I'm just I can't do that I need to be able to put it aside every now and again and just switch myself off from it so
0: yeah I mean I I think you make like a really really good point because I've seen like a lot of like people on like edgy twitter that kind of are like looking for this like motivation and you know it's it's an apprehensive time of the year right so like people are just looking for like rallying themselves essentially like everybody involved and you know whether you've got kids yourself or you're a teacher or you're a you know you're a senior leader or you know anything like that everyone's just looking for like a little bit of affirmation and I think that really comedy is a is such a good kind of medium for that because it it helps you kind of gain a bit of perspective around like what can feel like a worry sometimes and um you know I I always kind of said when I was a teacher you know if I could just shut the door and crack on with my job I'd be happy but the more and more I think about that like like even when you were just saying that like the less I feel like that's really a relevant thing to say because even kind of like you're saying you know you're in this like classroom and like this is your passion but like kind of the impact and, you know, good that you can do, you know, to, to, well, uh, an entire UK audience as, you know, this like education communicator is, is, you know, amazing really, because, you know, it, it, it takes kind of all these different people and stakeholders to, you know, kind of get, well, get us through, it was a really difficult time last year. And I think people had that time to really reevaluate, didn't they? And, understand what teachers do and parents were like is this what teachers have to do like every day like this is
1: hard um there were a few different kind of there There were a few different periods of the pandemic where i remember when the homeschooling sto- first started um you'd get tweets like um I've been homeschooling for three days. Teachers deserve a million pounds a year salary and stuff like that. And, and, and tweets like that would go viral, yeah. like from celebrities and stuff. And and it, it seemed like at the beginning of the pandemic, people are really, really starting to switch on to what teachers do and how hard they work. And then as time went on and schools weren't reopening, or maybe educators were sort of expressing some of their anxieties and concerns about schools opening, it went straight back to that. Well teachers don't want to be in school anymore they they just want yeah. to stay at home and stay in the garden and you know, but not doing anything at home and it's it's society can be quite well sometimes quite fickle towards teachers, I think um they
0: can I, be I, quite I, cruel, I, can't it really? Yeah. like I mean, I think people forget that teachers that they're human as well like they're you know we said earlier like they're complex, and you know they 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 have families and they have outside lives and as much as they're so dedicated like you know it it's not as as black and white as kind of uh clocking off at half three four o'clock is yeah, it yeah because...
1: yeah we'd we'd I mean, i've got my own podcast and we, we sort of said on it at one point like i really hope that the general public don't forget like this period where, where there was that real moment in time where people really appreciate the job teachers do um and did um, like I say, it was right at the start when homeschooling first started. And I, I remember saying on the podcast, I hope people don't forget like that this feeling that they've got now towards teachers because we get a lot of bad press sometimes.
0: Um, no.
1: But I feel like <laughs> like they kind of have. Or that they, it's, it's getting that way that it's just, you know, you won't please some people. And quite often the people, you know, that you'll see, criticizing teachers are probably people that didn't have a good experience in school yeah, which is fair, fair enough right? anyway
0: yeah, yeah
1: so but yeah it's it's like it's hard difficult to, to switch off like you say with like the comedy thing I, I've sort of learned that that is my way of dealing with it I think I'd sort of poke fun at it and try and just sort of take a light-hearted look on it because it'd be so easy to put your energy into you know really I think that's how you become that kind of that teacher in your school that just seems so defeated and against the world and stuff. Because if you if you concentrate your energy into that, I I just choose to sort of laugh at it. And you know that there are so many things in that happen in schools that everyone experiences, and that schools are some of the funniest places <laughs> you will ever be. Like with the kid things that happen with the kids and with the adults and all that sort of stuff. And it's like there's so much that so many other teachers can relate to out there you Know, um, so that's what I kind of decided to do with my Twitter account. And that's what we did with our podcast. We kind of thought, well, there's so many more, there's so many podcasts out there that are all about CPD. Um, and there are so many, you know, Twitter accounts out there that share amazing resources. And there are a lot of people out there that just like to complain and all that sort of stuff. So it's like, what? Well, Teaching's great. Teaching's hilarious. There are so many really funny things that happen. Why aren't we talking about that? Why aren't we having a laugh about that? So,
0: yeah, I, I mean, I I think that like when like BBC Bite did that last year, it was like a you know we kids are visual, right? Most kids are visual learners, and it's just so great to have this like amazing visual resource from the BBC and like I know Twinkle partnered with them, and then yeah. Twinkle also did um. Like a campaign recently called like the wave of thanks. It's kind yeah. of like reminding people like, actually, like we need to thank teachers. You know how like um the NHS kind of got like um you know the clap for carers. I'm not saying people shouldn't to their doorstep and clap for teachers because no. you know, it's 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 not really uh I guess in the spirit of things now, but it 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 feels like that you say kind of on your podcast that you know, people really should try not to forget that as such and, you know, kind of think about like what teachers are having to kind of battle against on a day-to-day basis and they just want the best for your kids. So it it's like a shared thing, isn't it, between parents yeah, and... and...
1: It's, it's one of those where technically we're on the same side. Like, I, you know, we're doing the best for your children and I totally, you know, we totally get that they want the same thing. So, yeah, like with the BBC and the Twinkle thing as well, like that, I think that was a massive part of it you know parents were having to work as well from home and then try and do the whole homeschooling so you know the fact that the bbc were there where you can just write just plonk them in front of the tv for half an hour doing bite-sized daily but they're actually going to learn something from proper teachers was great or whether that you know twinkle and they made a lot of their resources freely available and stuff like that so yeah they can just access that independently for a while while they work i think you know it was a i think one of the. I feel like the first lot that already gets romanticized a little bit, and I feel like it's going to be this generation's like, uh, war stories. You know, like you get an older generation that sort of romanticizes World War Two, and like all the "We'll Meet Again" music comes on, and, and yeah. all that sort of stuff. And obviously, it was a horrific period in history as this was I do feel like in a few years time the same thing will happen but yeah we all pulled together and we were homeschooling and baking banana bread and doing this and doing that and uh,
0: like did you actually bake any banana bread
1: I, I was too busy making stupid videos sometimes.
0: <laughs> I, I um, tried to make banana bread um, but it was really hot at the time and I found that I baked probably a really unhealthy amount of fruit flies into mine so that put me off some <laughs> <life>. <laughs> so um I wasn't involved in that craze it was a short-lived craze for me
1: <laughs> yeah fruit flies don't count as one of your five a day no I, I'm
0: no Heston Blumenthal unfortunately <laughs> <laughs> oh it's um yeah like I am I really like your podcast because I feel like the reason it, it does well as as well as that the um yeah, by the way, um, you know Jordan's podcast is is hands up, right? Hands yeah, up podcast, hands um, up. and we we'll, we'll link it in the bio as well. It's just um, it's just like you kind of said earlier. It's just um, you know, kind of poking fun at education. And um, I know they, they just had the podcast festival in London, and um you know kind of the, the best education podcasts are kind of like those ones that are so like lighthearted, hearted and that's what people need like that is a form of of well-being in a way that kind yeah, of it you, know, is. It's,
1: people
0: that, you know
1: it's a way for people to wind down to to realize yeah. that you, you can take this job really seriously and don't get yeah. me wrong I take my responsibility for the children that I have in my class very seriously but well, you can take it too seriously you know you need to be able to it is a massive coping coping mechanism of mine. is is to sort of laugh at it and stuff. But you need to be able to poke fun at it. Otherwise, it becomes too serious and it becomes overwhelming. And if you can't laugh at it, you just you know that's what I, when I was saying about being sarcastic in my class and needing to just be able to look at your TA and have a bit of a giggle at something a child said. You need those moments in your day just to keep you going because it's it's quite a human thing, isn't it? And like you say, it's a it's a well being thing. My um my coworker who i do the podcast with mark we used to do it after staff meetings and it would be so easy after a staff meeting to go into your, like your colleague's room and have a bit of a moan and a bit of a whinge and like just really complain about everything that's happening but we we'd go to his house and we'd do the podcast and we'd make a joke out of things and we'd make it lighthearted and it was such a for us such a more much more positive way to let off that steam that we had and it put you know put our energy out there in such so much more of a positive light it was it was massive well-being thing for us and it you know it it started doing well and we've not done one for a while we're starting it back up this term um but we always said look if if one person is listening to it and enjoying it and as long as we're enjoying it and we don't find it a chore we'll just keep doing it because you know that's the only reason we're doing it as soon as we find it too difficult for workload or Anything like that, then we'll stop. But um, for now, it was more just of a way for us to let off a bit of steam, and that's that's the best answer I can give because people are, we've we've been on radio leads before and they've sort of interviewed and said, "How did the podcast start?" And I, I find it like I, the Twinkle one is is fine because Twinkle is is is, is it's, it's a company so to have a podcast is fine, but I feel like for an individual person, just like me to have a podcast it's like i find it a bit arrogant to go well (laughs) me me and my friend were just having a conversation we thought what everybody should hear this everyone should be listening to what (laughs) we have to say and I feel like you know for people that do podcasts as a hobby rather than sort of like you know a BBC commissioned one or a Twinkle commissioned one I feel like there's that sort of it comes across as being quite arrogant like well you know I feel like everyone should be listening to what I have to say but we're not like that you know we're not preaching we're not trying to force a message we uh, I guarantee you won't learn anything listening to our podcast (laughs) but it's just to kind of we, we, the the favorite messages that I get when we do the podcast on Twitter or however we get them, is just when people go, "I'm so glad it's not just me." Uh, yeah, yeah. That, that happens to me as well. So just making people know that all those ridiculous things that happen in the classroom, it it happens to everybody. You know, you're yeah. not alone. So
0: absolutely, like that's such a powerful message, isn't it? You're not alone. Like, you know, and it kind of comes back to what you were saying, wasn't it? That you just want, like, even if one person enjoys it, like. What, there's no arrogance about it like you know it's um yeah you should give it a listen it's, it's a really fun podcast I really like it um you know it does not it does make me laugh and I actually do learn quite a lot from it um especially the fictional schools I you know yeah. I learn like from that
1: <laughs> yeah to be fair so do I so yeah so we have a, a feature that like I'll do a countdown of I don't know top five assembly songs top five school dinners something like that then we have a teacher talking point where we'll discuss something daft about the classroom and then yeah we have Mark does famous fictional schools Mark's um he won't mind me saying a little bit older than I am so his <laughs> his point of reference sometimes is is mo- is different to mine so I learn a lot because he'll talk about famous fictional schools and we have because obviously teaching you get in terms of age-wise such a sort of large demographic of ages of, of teachers our things will be so over my head and then we'll get messages yeah. saying how much yeah I loved that I remembered that and I'm like right really I don't know like some I do know like I'll talk I don't know, about maybe Kez or something like that and because it's such a because it's such a cult film then I've kind of so um yeah so we have a famous fiction so we will sort of review that and sort of see what the teaching and learning is like say at springfield elementary and and yeah. stuff like that not,
0: not not great if it's springfield elementary for sure but like
1: there's not many fictional schools out there that are particularly very good uh hogwarts has got a multitude of safeguarding issues um it
0: has like you know if someone just wanders down a corridor they're gonna get attacked by a snake it's just madness
1: yeah you know detention in the forbidden forest where where is a risk assessment for that you
0: what know, about I- spiders like are they aware of the spiders or it's like oh we couldn't assess it because you know we didn't know about it well you did know about it actually Dumbledore and McGonagall you all knew about it
1: yeah I, I, I feel like their their PTA must be so relaxed like at what point do their like the parent governors not go right like there's quite a high risk of death of my child there I'm gonna I'm gonna pull them out I, I get I, I parents complain to me if they think the child's on the wrong reading stage let alone they're getting like <laughs> um frozen to death by a giant snake so i, I don't know <laughs> I don't know how they get away with it behavior management hogwarts terrible just giving like dumbledore at the end of that first year just handing out house points um willy-nilly to Gryffindor at the end of the year having already told Slytherin that they won what, what it's like obviously as, as a teacher you know what buttons to not press on children and how to handle children really well and it's like He's gone, <laughs> like, for the end of the first year, Slytherin were going to win, but then he gave it to Gryffindor, so he's gone like, oh, this Slytherin house, look at this group of children who are quite well-known for being really prideful and arrogant wouldn't it be a shame if the authority figure were to embarrass and alienate them in front of the entire school <laughs> and that's what it did it's like well, what do you expect when they all turn into sort of like wizards terrorists or whatever they'd end up as death eaters it's like where's that you know no prevent training that hogwarts was there for the
0: No. No. Of
1: staff. I could go on about it right? not the
0: perspective. <laughs> I feel like as a teacher you can't quite see things in the same way again that's kind of the beauty of it isn't it like...
1: yeah it is a beauty and it's a curse as well I can, I'll i never enjoy Harry Potter, uh, Potter again because I'm just like I can't Yeah, this, there's so many red flags yeah I know skull. and I'm not
0: being funny but like you know when Harry Harry's mum and dad died was there no like social worker following up with this like abusive like family you know, where's it? Where's his cams? It's terrible. Yeah,
1: exactly. It's just so, the Defence Against the Dark Arts teacher just seems to be willing, like all Dumbledore's mates, just just come and take the job and all that sort of stuff. And it, it's, it's a red flag, isn't it, in a school when there's a high staff turnover? So, you know, that speaks, where's Wizard Ofsted when you need them? Um, not that I've ever once sort of encouraged an of- Ofsted to visit a school, but yeah. I'm going to put in yeah, an anonymous complaint to Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry.
0: <laughs> See, how you like that?
1: <laughs> yeah, take that, Dumbledore.
0: So, you're um you were saying you're going back to uh to your darling class tomorrow, you know, your are uh, first day back. Today's yeah. been an inset. Yeah. Um, you know, so before we finish up uh, the episode, I do have a little present for you. And they start right. a new year and all. Yeah. Can you guess what it is?
1: <laughs> no, he sprung this on me.
0: <laughs> no, uh, you probably wouldn't guess it because it's, it's a bit stupid. It's some cheesy education jokes, to be honest.
1: Oh, my <laughs> words! <laughs> Bring <laughs> it on. Love it.
0: But the point of me uh, of imparting this on you is, uh, you know, build some relationships. And I always found kids actually like these jokes. So um, it's these are for
1: me to tell to the children.
0: You can if you want. I would encourage it. Yes. Obviously, um, I haven't been in the classroom in about five years, but, um, you know, I think these are... And I'll email them to you after in case you forget any of the punchlines.
1: If you've not been in the classroom in five, if they're anything to do with um, loom bands or anything like that, that was so five years ago now, they're not, they're not they're not interested in anymore.
0: <laughs> okay, so the first one is, why are Cyclops such great teachers?
1: I don't because know why they, are Cyclops such great teachers.
0: Because they only have one pupil. I mean, to be fair, that would that would be decent, wouldn't
1: it? I'd, I yeah, I want to, I want to work in that (laughs) skull.
0: Okay. (laughs) Um, Next one. What did the pen say to the pencil?
1: I don't know. What did the pen say to the pencil?
0: It's quite a deep, deep answer. This quite, you know, it's what it's one for the thinkers. Oh, is it? In your class? Yeah. The uh, the pen said, what's your point." (laughs)
1: That's. Talking about don't ever be sad to children. Rhetorical questions is another one <laughs> to avoid. <laughs> <laughs> What's your point?
0: And then um, a personal favourite. You know, if you're uh, if you're doing any animal based topics, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Why didn't you see giraffes in primary school? I don't know. <laughs> you ready?
1: Yeah.
0: Because they're all in high school.
1: <laughs> oh my. god
0: I mean, that doesn't, I mean make, that doesn't make that much sense, but I like it.
1: <laughs> we, we, um, we once for comic relief um did like, uh we've got 12 classes in our school and each teacher had to pick, uh, each child had to, or if the child wanted, they could bring a joke into school and each teacher had to pick a joke for the child to go up in assembly and read out to everybody and we had like a competition. So one child from each class that the teacher had chosen with their joke, read it out to the class. And uh, one of the kids in my class told one. And it was like, obviously, they're infant school children. So it was like borderline inappropriate, like five years old. And I thought, I, I thought screw it, I'm going to get them to say it. So now I can't remember the exact wording of it. So I apologize. I won't do a joke justice. But you get like, you know, all these innocent kids, four to seven years old, um, saying all the like little innocent jokes. And then um, I think the girl in my class she was like why did uh why did the toilet paper sort of unravel while it was crossing the road or something like that and the was like it got caught in the crack <laughs> and all the teachers were just like oh no it's like <laughs> it would only be from mr first class <laughs> that one there's only mr first that would Absolute choose that joke <laughs> i love it I love it.
0: That's
1: so good. just bought the line. I can get. I could. They can get away with that.
0: <sighs> yeah, I mean, they're just great for building relationships. So you'll have to let me know how those go go down. Um,
1: yeah, I will do. <laughs> yeah, when they think I'm the uncoolest teacher in the world, <laughs> by the end of the week, I'll let you know. I'll up in the blame. I mean, they're
0: you. the type of jokes that just scream, "Please like me," aren't they? <laughs>
1: Yeah, to make up for it, I'm going to have to tell them that I've got a different Olympic medal to try and redeem them myself, myself, get some more street cred, <laughs> lie, to, lie to them again. Georgie Fair is a year two teacher